Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. All right, we're back with Kelly Swanson for part two of moving your presentations from good to epic. We're going to dive right in to point number or tip number five, which is having a clear outline for your keynote. Talk about it from the first, from the good perspective, and then we'll move into epic. Sure. I think every good speech should have a clear outline for your keynote and a reason and a purpose for everything. A strong open, a strong close, and some variety. Do they walk away repeating key phrases? I call them tweetables from your speech. Were they given a clear action step? Did you create buy-in instead of just a data dump? Did you seed for other business that you may want from them? How do you want them to think and feel about you, the topic in themselves? And does your speech do that? So I think that so bottom line, every speech. Intentional, and I've used this term already in part one, but it's really important that you're crafting this presentation from that place of, am I checking all of these boxes? Am I giving them some tweetable moments? Will they remember my opening or my closing story? Am I crafting those? How often do we see a speech just kind of wah, wah, wah at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it just kind of goes and finishes without any kind of Ta-da! And so you're being really intentional about that. Okay, so we know we need that. Let's take it to Epic. Got it. I'll say, I said this, well, don't just tell it, sell it. Mm -hmm. Create a solid, persuasive speech structure that serves as your sales argument that is more than just an outline of your talking points, but is a journey to take them to get from A to B, just like the steps you should take in a sales presentation. Even if your model is more of a relevant message than deep content, you can still persuade them. How are you at going from telling people what they should do to making them want to do it? How are you at getting their buy-in and getting them to uncross their arms? Now, I have my own structure I follow. Every time I get a new keynote uh, job, Jane, I pull out for my own benefit my list of questions and I answer these questions on paper. It doesn't mean that's how the speech is going to come out. That doesn't mean it it often is a great outline already. I ask myself these questions over and over again. Now, I have, I've put them in my StoryLib workbook, Jane. So if you send people to kellysfreegift.com or maybe my Story Impact Network later, they can access those questions. But you really need to have so many speakers stop at just, here's my outline. And I'm like, no, 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 you want your outline to go from, Here's who I am, creating rapport with your audience. Here's how I get you. Here's the problem we share, not just you have we share. Here's how I experience this problem. Here's what happens if you don't fix your problem. Here's what happens if you do. I'm not going to go into them, but that's a sales. Those are the steps you would take to sell them on something. So the same thing you would take into a sales presentation, we can take to our keynotes. And man, I know it works, James, because what does it lead to? It leads to them whatever you want them to buy when it's over. Now, no, I'm not selling from the platform. At the end of my speech, if I've done this right, number one, they're convinced they need story and I'm the one to help them do it. They're convinced that their company has this problem and they're lining up, well, maybe not lining up, but they're coming up with their card going, we need you to teach all our people this. 
They're going to the free gift. If I've done my job right, I persuaded everybody that they are desperate to go get what's in the free gift. I didn't do it today on this call, but you see, that's different. That's strategic and it's persuasive. I might have said, last example, I was speaking to a group of people in one of my story-driven leadership workshops, and I knew that some of these people needed to work with me more. And I said, well, when I work with companies in our strategic storytelling sessions, sure enough, I get back home. One person in there says, you mentioned story strategy sessions. How can we get one of those? It's not even something that exists on paper, but I went, sure. So I that was seeding. I strategically put that in there. And you have to be in control. Even if you don't script out your entire keynote, you can still have a clear outline of where you want to go. And I'm going to do the plug for you. You cannot miss kellysfreegift.com because she is going to lay it all out for you and take the guesswork out of putting together this amazing presentation that will move you from good to epic. So go to www.kellysfreegift.com. Kelly is with a Y, K-E-L-L-Y, freegift.com. Yes. So, look for the Story Libs workbook. And it's all free. You're not going to, but the Story Lib workbook on the inside of it, I've mapped out all this question. So that's I how I talk about your academy too, because okay. like your uh, offer on that is so inexpensive. We'll talk about it at the end. So let's go to number six, which is sell you as much as your content. So I can feel people getting like, Ooh, I can't sell myself from the stage. That feels icky. What do you mean from a good perspective? And then we'll talk about Epic. Sure. And you know, when I'm saying sell, I don't mean you have to do all of this. Our clients will not let us sell from the stage. So all of this has to be subtle and convincing. That's what I mean a lot when I say sell. But yes, sell you as much as your content. There are so many great PowerPoint presentations I've seen where the speaker was in the dark, literally the dark. And I went, not only, I don't even know what you look like because all we saw was your screen the whole time because the room was dark for us to see it. We walked away with great messages and great content, but we didn't remember you. And this is no good if they can't remember you. They buy you first. So allow them to get you. Too many speakers simply share the information. We may love what we hear. Or like I said, we may take good, good notes, but I want to remember you. I want to feel like I know you. Telling them what to do is not the same as making them want to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you want them to take action, you have to, that makes you a salesperson up there. Okay. Cardinal rule of sales. We all know this. People buy from people they like, people they trust, people they believe, people they feel like they know. If you want them to follow you on that journey, if you want them to buy what you're selling them from the message, if I want them to buy into the message, if you've got to get them to like you and trust you and you don't do it at the end, the, the biggest mistake or, or well, this is the what I see most speakers skip. They launch right into that. For, well, they don't even tell them they need it. They just say, here's how you're better at customer service. And they skipped this critical part. Stories are the only way to show people who you are without just telling them. So I hope you have a story that tells them what you care about. Are you showing them this message, what it means, what this topic means to you personally? Do you share how you can relate to their pain in a personal way? Those are examples. I believe every good speaker should be giving us the opportunity to get to know you as well. Beautiful. Let's take it epic. Epic? Find a creative way to do that. Okay. I have 
just like the mirror bit, is a creative way to show them who I am, what I'm worried about. It's a very real, authentic. Another example, I have a monologue that I use all the time since 2020. I'm like, hey, before we get started, it's been a rough year, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I've been through a lot. Pandemic. I know, I know I, most many of you are back to normal. <laughs> Good for you, but a lot of us aren't. And I believe that no matter what our storm, I'm doing this faster, but that we should look back and go see the silver lining. So before we get started, before we move forward, I want to look back and share with you some of the things I learned in 2020. First thing I learned, everybody's kind. People are nice. Till you sneeze in line behind them at the grocery store. <laughs> and then all bets are all, I learned to do it yourself, pantyhose mat. So I know I'm using humor, but I'm injecting little things about me, like don't send your kid to, to, to virtual Sunday school with devil horns and a little goatee. They will not think that's funny. Don't bang on the door of the Ulta because they closed down. They're on lockdown and you need to get your eyeshadow burnt amber number 11. See, they just, and then I spin it right at the end and, I, and everybody could do, do this same thing. I just make a list. It's easy to make it funny or cute or campy. I make them all just little things. And I've learned that there's a point where the yoga pants will finally stop stretching, (laughs) you know, gets a big laugh. And then I say, but most of all, I've learned that no matter how bad life gets, no matter how much is taken away from you or how much you have to face loss or hardships or watch your whole livelihood disappear, I have learned that life will give you a silver lining if you're just brave enough to look for it. And that's what I'm here today to talk about is how we can look for the silver linings in our business, whatever. See, so that's how you do it. And just, and there are many different ways to get there. That's just one. And I want to just note that you just created an experience simply by changing your voice and slowing your role. You started out with jab, 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 really funny stuff. And then you got serious and you even got a little bit emotional by the look in your eyes. And, and I felt you in a way that gave me goosebumps. And that's. And, and I didn't plan it and I didn't act it. I felt it in the moment. I know that's not what we're talking about today, but that's why, because I'm having it. I'm not just reciting it, a script I wrote. I'm telling you this and I'm banging. I'm trying to get the timing right. And then I stop and I'm like, but I'll tell you what I really learned. Yeah. I mean, I call on that, you know, that emotion again. I just, anyway, I think that's important. And, you know, and they love, people love funny, 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 bam, bam. And it is also a way to go, yeah, I just made a bunch of jokes about what was the worst time for many people in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so, and I believe I've done it beautifully that I'm like, and yeah, no matter how hard it gets, I believe I honor the fact that for everybody, it wasn't jokes. Yeah. Um, by that at closing the way I closed it. Yeah. Perfect. All right. All right. Tip number eight. Are we at the end? No, no. We're uh, we're at seven, Jane. Get it together. Oh, okay. So hang on. <laughs> Actually, this segues nice because the next point is create an experience, not just a program. Yeah. So that's why I kind of, that's why you did it. I, I might've jumped the gun on that one a little bit. Okay. So tip number seven. Oh, oh, you probably I, didn't thought we were done. No, I'm not I, sure. I may have, I may have uh, gotten us out of order. So I am going to recap them for you. For those of you who are taking good notes here, create an experience, not just a program. Talk about that from a good perspective. Right. And I'm going to, yes, every good speaker 
should be focused not just on the words they need to say and the information they need to relay, but what is this experience I'm going to create in the room? And man, this is important because if you're going to sell it, that's, I believe, and you can push back on this, Jane, if I'm not right, because again, I'm the speaker's perspective, not the buyer's, but I believe they don't just buy our information. There's 50 people talking about storytelling that I know of. Yes. Uh, You know, they're not, they're buying the experience that I'm going to create in the room. And all of us create an experience. So focus on how are you turning your content into an experience? You probably already have it. Do you know how to verbalize it and describe it? What does it look like? And look at the different ways you can change the way your program looks and sounds and feels. Music, great example. The simple, you know, addition of a song, even if you're just singing it. You know, lights, interaction with the audience, playing a game putting a video. Video itself opens up massive different opportunities. Where you come from when you're introduced? Do you have props? Do you have act outs? All of those take it from a lecture to an experience. Now, that's what I believe every good speaker should do. I want to talk about what I think the epic ones should do. Now, would you agree as a meeting planner in your past and a buyer, am I correct? A hundred percent. They, and I think I look for those little goosebump moments. Was I moved in a way and, and oftentimes music can be like you said, or a video or something. It just kind of gets you. And maybe if there's something that people are missing kind of organically through their own storytelling, maybe they pull from elsewhere. Yeah. So, okay. What, how do we take it epic? Epic. Yeah. And stories. I should have said stories. That's my biggest thing. Stories are a great way to create. And experience and being fun. I should have added that too. Okay. Be fun. Be fun. If you, people want their audiences not to be bored, they want them to have fun. That's it. Yeah. They're all looking for that. That's I why funny works. Who I think they think they need to be kind of corporate buttoned up, and it's like, wait a second, where's your personality? Let's be. Let's have some fun out there on stage. And I think that's really changing the game for them. I don't think you ever had a client, Jane, who asked you, please send us somebody who's going to be really dry and boring. <laughs> Very informational. So let's take it epic. You want me to take it epic? Mm-hmm. Do something they haven't seen before. Come out of your comfort zone. For years, I taught people my persuasion principle in a very teacher way. Okay. I would say, this is what it is. This is why it matters. And I went looking for something different. I was, I got a friend to look at my stuff. It's easier when somebody can look at it from the outside. And I said, I want something cool like you. You interact. You have a fun thing you do. I want something like that. How can I make this fun? And she said, well, what is your persuasion principle like? And we looked for an illustration. I went, it's like the dating game. Mm. Remember the old dating game from the 60s or whatever. It's a fun. So I, she goes, let's play the dating game. And so I came up with a fun way because it was a perfect illustration to teach my analogy for the persuasion principle that everybody could understand. So now we play the dating game. I bring contestants up. I can do it simple. I can, you know, I did it on a, a pre-recorded video version of it. So I found a game that teaches, and it really teaches my philosophy in a very good, actually quite complicated way. Now, another thing, this is different. Sometimes I'll dress up as the server in the hotel. If they have a breakfast, I just did this for supply chain people. And they had a breakfast. They're all sitting at round tables. I was the one take, clearing their plates, taking their water, getting them. You know, some guy asked for Pepsi and I went on a wild goose chase trying to find or Coke when they only serve Pepsi. So and then when I came up, 
I wove it into my message about being a servant's leader and that sometimes the our connection doesn't happen when we have the microphone. It happens in these moments, you know, so I immediately wove it in. The phone ringing from Pride's Hollow is another example. These are things that turn it into an experience rather than just a program. I guarantee you, Jane, they will have forgotten my name. They will remember the time that speaker came up to the stage and was had been their, their waiter. And this actually segues nicely into number eight, because I can tell you that I've heard you tell a lot of different stories, but the Chub Rub story, <laughs> that I have talked about it. I have, rem- I mean, really out of all the speakers that I know, it's a story that I just will never, ever shake. And so <laughs> number eight is have an amazing story. Tell everybody. Yes. And I got to say, Chub Rub went into the theater show. So I am slowly, once I get something I like as much, I will retire it from my keynotes But because it lives in the theater show now. And I'll tell you, if you selfish plug, though you don't have to buy it. So that's not a plug when it's free. Y'all have got to go listen to Bitsy's waxing party that I just put on YouTube. Jane, it is the funniest thing I have ever written, hands down. Oh, I got to go see that now. She has a home waxing party and all these old women come to it. And just so you know, it does not have anything to do with mopping your floors. And I wrote, I was like, I told my husband, I was like, this is my next chub rub. This is the funniest thing. So anyway, okay. So sorry. I just love my stories. And that one's a hoot. Okay. You're right, though. They remember the stories. That is what they remember. Anyway, so I think every good speaker should have an amazing story. Someone once told me that the best speakers are the ones with the best stories. And I would tweak this to say that the best speakers are the ones with the right stories Ah. that they've made. I never had a story that was as exciting as a lot of those speakers out there. Their signature story. I never had that. Well, now I do. Because I believe the kid with the imaginary town in her head is going to become my new signature story. But Jane, I didn't have that. Nothing exciting. Chub rub is about sequin pants that rub together in my thighs. I found the ordinary. So anyway, I don't care what you speak about or how much content is in your program. The truth remains that story will do most of the work. So do you have stories that illustrate and put a human face on your talking points? Not all of them, just some of them. Do you share examples of your content in action with a face and a name? Do you use stories as a strategic tool to make them think or feel a certain way? Or are you just using stories because somebody said you should? Mm -hmm. Do you wing your stories and settle for, oh, this is good enough? Or do you ramble through them? Do you understand the lesson in the story and state it clearly? Those are things I would ask anybody to just have a good speech. Right, right, right. So you want to go epic? Well, first, do you have anything you want to say about that? Well, I think that you probably are one of the most amazing people to really show people how to take your stories from good to epic. And let's talk about how you deliver them. Okay, so epic. Because I'm always looking for, okay, this is a good story. I look for the idea. Then I look for, okay, let's get the right structure behind it Mm -hmm. and let's make it as entertaining as we can. And then I look at, is there a different way to tell the story? Whether it's just sitting, standing, whether it's in video or a different medium. Okay. So 
Take your stories over the top and how you deliver. Maybe not all of them. Maybe it's just one. You could start with a big story at the beginning of your keynote and you could finish it at the end. I love that. I love a good wraparound. I do too. Or even weaving it all the way through. Some people have really big stories and it requires, you know, us stopping and go putting a pin in it. So I love the weave through. Have music play behind your story in certain parts. Okay, here's an example of one time I I thought this was pretty epic. I wrote a story about what a guy in a vacuum store taught me about customer service. Okay. So, I mean, just your basic story about a guy who hires a millennial we called man bun in the story because he had a man bun. And why man bun, man bun learned the lesson about how really it was all about connection and relationships and not do you have the best app or anyway, it's a pretty good story. And it illustrated my point perfectly of why you need to pay attention to connection, emotional connection in your business. So I wrote the story and I thought, okay, this is good. It's okay. It may be even great, but I wanted to do one better. So I added music to it. And I was like, okay, that's great. So like you kind of hear this and man choosing the music, I can be an hour on the internet, just finding the right music that goes behind my story. But I wanted to do one better. So I went out and hired an artist to draw out the story with his hand. And I bought, paid about 1500 bought a video where he had drawn it and then I played it behind me, told the story and the video had music in the background and I narrated it instead and had a copy made with my voice as well that could live on YouTube. So if you go look Cash Vacuum Story is somewhere on my YouTube channel, you'll see that and you just know that I did it live. I only did it once paid and then I showed an NSA chapter never did it again I'm like why didn't I ever do that again so because that story was written for that group in particular that was pretty darn cool that's epic in my opinion that is epic and so I want to ask you why you're not using it more uh because I haven't spoken on customer service again oh okay I mean I probably have because I have so many stories I need to use it again but I will tell you this with my new keynote idea. No two of my keynotes have ever really been the same, right. Jay. But I'm moving into a space to make that template more of the same. I want to go hire somebody for the Pride's Hollow idea. I want to go find somebody to draw just the little girl's story. Not Old Man Withers, the whole town, but just the girl on the bus. It starts on the school bus. And have the hand draw her creating these imaginary characters. So if y'all know anybody, if anybody's got a connection, because I lost my last connection, I don't remember who it was, that I could hire to do that. I think that's worth investing in. And even though I don't use PowerPoint and media, that's another reason, Jay. I don't do PowerPoint or media. I can do so much without that. Just with your story. Just with my story. So it adds a whole new element when I got to figure out how to get them to play a video. Okay. All right. That's (laughs) okay, everybody. This has been a treasure trove of ideas and I'm just going to summarize them. If you're listening in from, make sure that you circle back to part one, if you haven't seen it, but let me review them all for you. Number one is a really, a really strong idea. Number two is show them that you get them. Number three is a clear understanding of your style. And by the way, you'll be able to get all of these in the Wealthy Speaker 3.0 that's coming out this fall. 
Number four is a clear understanding of your substance. Number five is a clear outline for your keynote. Number six is sell you as much as your content. Number seven is create an experience, not just a program. And number eight, which you could not miss because this is what you're all about, have an amazing story. This is, and moving from good to epic, it's really pretty small. It's like adding the music or adding the video, or it's it's not this massive changes, is it? It's kind of small increments, don't you think? Uh, yes, it is, and can be, or it can be big leaps like I do, but I went through small leaps before I was ready to make big leaps. Okay. Jane, I don't know if you hear this a lot, but one thing I hear from a lot of speakers that come to work with me is, I know I'm good, but I know I could be better. I know there's a bigger stage. I want a bigger fee. I want to, and that's what this is all about is there's, it's going that extra mile to make them, you know, and I'll go back to where I started is go look at all the speakers you've watched. Mm. What made the epic ones that you still, I love that you said that, Jane, I still can't shake it. You're still remembering what they did. And it, you may not be say, I remember it because of the structure, you know, or I remember it because they had a good outline, even though I still believe that's what yeah. makes it. But you're going to say it was because of some of these things on the list. And maybe even just having one will be good enough. Captain, Jerry, you need a structure, though. Very first uh, big conference I ever went to, Captain Jerry Coffey, prisoner of war, passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. And I think what made his, he was telling the story of living in this tiny cell and having his other fellow prisoners of war beside him in cells. This is in Vietnam and how they tapped out Morse code to each other. And I can remember to this day, this is 30 years ago, Kelly, the sound of him knocking on the piano that was behind him. I can still, and it's, so it's just this tap, tap, tap on the piano, but the tapping is what I remember. I, you know, I remember Mark Sharonbrock when he talked about people being drafted for Vietnam and he was looking for his dad's name, I think, on the wall of fallen soldiers or something like that. And, but I'll never forget when he called out a draft. He, I forget how he got into it. But he had people call out their draft numbers. And Jane, it gives me goosebumps. Even watching it on video was not the same when I watched it later as sitting in there and people started calling out what their draft number was. Oh my God. That gives me later. Yeah. See, it's, it's finding that. Yeah. And the question becomes, do you need one? Do you need two? I think it's being deliciously open to exploring Mm. how you can turn this into an experience. That maybe is the most important one of all is how do you move? How can you turn this into an experience? And you have so many things at your disposal to use to do that. Oh, okay. Well, you really wrapped it on something amazing there. I love that Sharon Brock story and I love him. I've seen him multiple times. Tell everybody 
You have a Story Impact Network, but you also have Story Impact Academy. Talk a bit about the differences between those two. Yes, they're both on the same platform. The Mighty Networks platform is what I'm using, but the network is the, the social hangout okay. where I'm trying to gather people who want to talk story. Okay. My free gift, all the free gift resources, if you don't want to go there, just go to storyimpactnetwork.com. Okay. Storyimpactnetwork.com. That's the free place. That's social. That's I'm talking story. You know, we're just hanging out. Okay. And then the academy is sitting inside of there. And that's the year, spend a year with me. The persuasion principle course is going to be sitting inside of there this fall. The group, you know, people have access to me all year, open office hours. Story Oh, I can say how much it is here. It's yeah. dirt cheap. Do not tell me to raise it, Jane. I will eventually. It is four ninety seven for the entire year, and that's the year, not per month. Somebody said per month, and I'm like, no. people, four ninety seven for the entire. I know year. it's ridiculous. I'm building it. I want to, and I'll tell you, this is the group I'm going to love on every, just like you love on your your group, your wealthy speaker group, and all your your speaker school. This is, the, and, and if you go to storyimpactacademy.com. It will tell you what I don't want to bore you with that, but go to storyimpactacademy.com and it'll tell you our mission and what we're all about. And we don't do business coaching. Sorry, that's not what we're all about. We're in at the Wealthy Speaker School and we have a lot of shared members, by the way. We have a lot of people who are part of your network and academy and are absolutely thrilled with everything that they learn. Kelly Swanson, once again, you have blown the doors off. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking the time to be with us here today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody, all my friends. I love you. And I love you too, Jane. Rock on. I love you too. And I will see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.